Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me to get you ready for the NFL Division Playoff Round is Sean Lockhart, sports betting consultant. You can follow him on Twitter at Bear. Sean, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me back on, Rob. Some big games coming up this weekend. Hopefully we can uh, give the listeners some information that they can find some winners. Yes, and this is going to be an interesting episode, one in which I am strangely excited about because what we're going to start off with is a recap of last week, and we like to keep it 100. And guess what? Last week, it was not good. Went 0-3 on the podcast. Why is that, you might ask? Well, I was on the Titans plus three and a half, loser. I was on the Titans Ravens over, loser. I was also on a money line parlay of the Bills Steelers, loser. But wait, there is more to add insult to injury as if me watching the Steelers have the worst game in the history of the playoffs was not bad enough. I went 0-7 on Sunday. So let's sort of break some of this down because there's actually some things to learn about this, both good and bad. And welcome to sports betting, Sean, because when the Ravens-Titans game started, 10-0 Titans. Ooh-wee. I'm dancing. I'm sitting with three and a half in my pocket. And I'm like, and guess what? The Ravens are going to come back. They're going to score a ton of points. This over, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans have treated me oh so well on the over. Things could not be going better until the exact opposite happened the rest of the game. I'm curious your thoughts on that game. I was the exact opposite from you, Rob. I had actually, my big bet was on the Ravens, and I was nervous when they came out. Lamar Jackson just looked a little bit timid. He had that, he was 0-2 in the playoffs, a lot of pressure on him. He came out through that really bad pick, and I was like, here we go again. Wow. And then he had that phenomenal run, and the Ravens pretty much locked down and won from there. But I was, my emotions were the exact opposite, because I had the Ravens, I was all over the Ravens that week. So up next, Bears Saints, you know what? Chalk that up too. Sometimes you're just on the wrong side right there. But here's what's more notable about that Bears Saints game and where a big chunk of my losses went. So looking at the prop market, I went heavy on Cole Komet props. So it was over 27 and a half yards. And then looking at what some of my betting options were, I bet Cole Komet over three and a half receptions plus tw- plus 124. But here's the big one. Cole Komet over six and a half receptions plus 1400. Well, why is this of note? Because as someone who lives in Chicago, who, because I live there, I do root for the Bears and want to see them do well. When they're on TV and certainly against the Packers, what did I notice? Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball only about two yards from the line of scrimmage to Cole Komet all of the time. To the tune of, I believe he had seven receptions in eight targets against the Packers in the week before that, I want to say he had six receptions. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, all right, the bears are going to be down in this game. They're going to have to throw. What my eyeballs have shown me is that Mitch Trubisky does not throw the ball down the field. 
uh, Mooney is injured and is not in this game. And I'm like, this is a perfect recipe for me to be advantageous with some plus money. Right. So just like that Titans game, what ends up happening, just like the Titans going up 10, nothing Cole commit three receptions in the first half. Ooh, we we're dancing. I'm looking at that over six and a half. I'm like, we are money, baby. Guess what happens in the second half? The bears have 32 total yards leading until that last drive. Cole commit with zero receptions. He had one target on the final drive period. And I lost everything on that. And all I needed was one more reception to essentially turn that from 0 and 3 to 2 and 1 because of where he was there. And just like that, I went from what would have been 0 and 4 to 0 and 7. That's a heartbreaking, heartbreaking defeat. I had the Saints tease in that, so I never really got a, a good sweat. I, I thought the Saints were the better team there with the defense. But I like you know your thought process, Rob. We were going through your losses. It was a rough weekend you had. But like I say, some people get emotional about losses, get angry. Sports bettors who have success over long term, they learn from their losses. You don't, you didn't really lose. What did you gain from that experience? So I like you're going over your losses. It was a tough weekend for you. But what did you learn from it? In your head, you're kind of going over it. I think it'll benefit you going forward into this divisional round. And quite frankly, I don't feel bad about any of the bets that I made. I would 100% do them again, and here's why. And I like how you framed that because, one, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans as an over was a positive ROI on the year. I went into it as an auto bet. So I can't be angry if my auto bet does not come in when over the course of the year, it has paid me money. So that's number one. Number two, my logic on the Titans getting three and a half points. I will take that because we were in a coin flip game that was up 10, nothing chalk that up to sports betting. And then looking on the prop side of things. Yeah. I was betting on two plus money props for a team with a quarterback who's extremely inconsistent. I get it but welcome to gambling once again where uh my process is still my process and i think that's the important thing to take from this and then number two i bet the same amount on every single bet and i know when you're on previously we had talked about bankroll management and the way that you manage your bankroll so while i had a pit in my stomach for going oh and seven on sunday I was not crippled. Does it feel good to look at my bankroll at the moment when you chop off uh, one and a half of your legs? No, not at all. But guess what? I live to fight another day and you slowly just start coming back because guess what? We're going for that number of 53% roughly to be a profitable sports better. So I've done over 1200 bets. This is just seven of them. So moving on to the next day. I like that. That's the attitude you have to keep. And that, that is the biggest mental hurdle in sports betting. People get too down. You, you don't get too high when you're winning and you don't get too low when you're losing and you don't let it affect you. You move on to the next day and get back to what you're doing and try and hit that 53% mark. And one thing that I will say, which can be a lasting effect is being gun shy. So now going to the national title game, Bama versus Ohio state, I've just lost the last seven bets that I have placed. So now I'm like, Oh my God, am I going to chop off another one of my legs? So and it's a completely natural thing to anybody who's ever been on tilt from a sports betting thing. We've all experienced it. And it really gets you to question who you are as a sports better, which is why we're so, 
so big into following your process. And thank goodness I went one in one on the day where I was sweat. It wasn't even a sweat, but I was sweating the first half over at 38. Thank God there was like a bajillion points, but literally the second that game starts and I'm like, where is there seven points? Please get seven. I was trying to will it into existence and it happened. And it was like, ah, I'm not just only someone who creates losing bets any longer. (laughs) Shooters shoot, Rob. Shooters shoot. You just got to see one go in and then you get on a run. You get hot again and you forget all about it. That's the process. We do it 365 days a year for most of us. And I wanted to share this because it's relatable and it is something that is part of the lifestyle of sports betting. And certainly as a sports betting host, we do our best to give value and informed opinions. But I also think it's important for everyone to know how I'm processing an 0-7 week because it is something that I am going to learn from that is going to make me better in the long run. So hopefully you can learn from the things that I am going through, which brings us to this week. We've got four games and they are amazing games. And let's start with the Packers laying six and a half at home, taking on the Rams over under on this game, 45 and a half. And the thing that stands out the most in this game is You see the six and a half and everyone's like, Ooh, I want to jump on that. But the problem that I have on the Ram side of things is the same reason why I was on the Seahawks last week is I don't trust the quarterback situation. So I like to bet quarterbacks and Jared Goff. If he's the quarterback in cold weather with a busted thumb, no, thank you. John Wolford in his second and a half start in Lambeau, Uh, I know from what I'm hearing in the market, there's not much of a difference from a line standpoint in terms of who is starting right there. And this is a big number and we've got a slightly dinged up Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. What are your thoughts on this? Because I see that people love to get the points with the Rams, but I do not trust their quarterback situation. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And it, it amazes me actually. There's not really a point differential between Wofford and Goff, but the way Goff's been playing recently, it makes sense. And he's got an injured thumb, but I understand the line move from seven to six and a half. The Rams have a phenomenal defense. And in the playoffs, that's what a lot of sharp betters, a lot of betters just lean on. The refs let you play a little more physical. If you can't move the ball, it's going to be tough. But I think that Rams defense, I think they are a top unit, but they did benefit from playing Seattle for a third, a divisional opponent, uh, Russell Wilson for a third time. They knew every little tick, every little motion that he would make, every little pump fake he might throw. That's what happens when you play a team for a third time. So I think they did lock him down. I think it might be a different story, though, with Aaron Rodgers. I think he more has the tools to dink and dunk, maybe go take it over the top, but move the ball on this Rams defense. But the thing I really like is the, the weather situation. And it's not going to be a freezing, snowy snowstorm in Lambeau. It's going to be a sunny day, but it's still going to be about 30 degrees, 34 degrees. I don't like California teams. I don't like dome teams. California boys going to play in the cold against a team that – is going to be ready for it, well-rested. I, I would agree with taking the Rams maybe with the points, but I also kind of like the Packers tease here. Maybe throw Packers money line in a parlay. I think the Packers are going to get it done probably by three to seven points. I really do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. For me, one of the things that I've certainly learned throughout this year in COVID is – I'm not necessarily making my bets right now without all of the information. And we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon because the number of times we've gotten burned where all of a sudden they're like, Oh, Aaron Jones is out or uh, 
Jalen Ramsey's out. Two things that if that happened, you'd be like, oh, wait a second. So with this line hovering between six and a half and seven, I'm not feeling like one way or another. I'm dealing with so much value. Uh, my lean is on the Packers just due to my spider sense, but I am certainly aware of what the market and the people that I respect are saying in terms of, you know what? People just like to take seven in a playoff game, and that's more of a principal process type bet. I agree completely with that. Seven's a key number. Ryan. That's why I said I, the early money came in, took it down to six and a half, but I think the Packers get it done. I really, you'll, find, you'll probably find me on the Packers money line or Packers tees come Sunday for sure. All right, let's move to the next game. We've got the Buffalo Bills laying two and a half at home, taking on the Ravens over under in this game, 50. And my wife is from Buffalo. She's part of Bills Mafia. I am currently um, kicking it with her and her parents in Sarasota, Florida. Her dad, lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, used to go to all of the different games. And let me tell you, the anxiety level that was running through this household during that game was off the freaking charts because it was something that America wanted the Bills to win. It's like the Bills have transformed from we don't believe in Josh Allen to they can beat the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl, which from an expectation for a fan base that has not won a playoff game in a long time. So, boom, here comes this game against Phil Rivers and the Colts where, quite frankly, if I'm a Colts fan, I am sick to my stomach at the number of missed opportunities that they had. But on the flip side, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in that passing game, there's a confidence in Josh Allen that is there where we are seeing a leap from him to where now he is seen in the Lamar Jackson, God forbid, Patrick Mahomes level of player because of one, his mobility and two, his cannon for an arm. Because when I looked at what was the downfall of the Steelers among a million other things? You know what they couldn't do? They couldn't convert third and one or a two-point conversion because Ben was not mobile. They needed Josh Allen who can run, who can throw, who can roll out, who can also go deep. And this is a game where... You can see both sides. The Ravens, they are peaking right now. This is the best time to be back in the Ravens. You can see the reasons why they should beat the Bills. Bills, if you believed in the Bills all year long, then this should be a reason for you to believe that they can beat the Ravens because one game against the Titans when they're down 10-0 does not mean that the Ravens are, um, are a team that cannot be beaten. I liked all your points there. And it is, it's fun to be in a household like that. And especially when you're Steelers took, now you have a new team you can adopt there with your wife. But I, I have a strong position on this game. I, I realize, as you said, one, the, the Ravens are peaking and uh, that is so key in the playoffs to get hot, playing your best football right now. The bills have been a great story. As you mentioned, they are America's team. And that's why I think a lot of money has come up. There's, it's two and a half, but it's leaning towards three now. You might be able to pick off some soft three for the Ravens, which is what I am going to pounce on. I like just absolutely pounce on. The Ravens are my team. I had the big bet on them last week, and I, I believe in them this week again. I think Lamar shook off the cobwebs, started a little, got a little jittery start. Now he's in it. The key is the rushing defense for the Bills. They cannot stop a nosebleed on the ground. Coming into the game, they gave up five straight games. Their opponents rushed for over 100 yards. Last week against the Colts, they gave up 163 yards. And I would say they were kind of lucky to win that game. They deserved it. Josh Allen's a wild card. He definitely creates plays. But this Ravens defense is playing at a high level. 
I just do not like this Bills defense. They're, they're, they're fifth worst, too, at rush yards per play. Give me the Ravens. I think they get it done. I really do. This is their year. I'm going to be all in the Ravens. I'm going to pick off that soft three, but it won't. I'll probably get on that money line as well. Bill's a great story. I think their fans are happy they got to the playoffs. They even won a game. But I, I think this is where the road ends, though, sadly. From an opportunistic side of things, I would feel good having the Ravens plus three and having the Ravens money line. But there is also an element of sports betting that is entertainment based. So if you're coming from my perspective as the host of this show, living in a household that's rooting for the Bills Mafia, it's like, what do you do here? To me, this is a game that is ripe for live betting because I can see either one of these teams getting up 10 points or 14 points to where all of a sudden that value presents itself. Because how would you feel about having the Ravens plus 10 and a half? Or how would you feel about having the Bills at more than a touchdown? And really, I can see anything being on the table there. And one thing that I've learned from you that I have to give you credit for is I'm starting to see sports betting more like a market in opportunities. So when I look at this line and I can very easily make a case for both of these teams, that's one of the challenges of sports betting that the bills can win by four points. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you're so smart. Or the Ravens win by so four points and Oh, you're so dumb. It's like, well, both of those are completely realistic. So I'm now looking for opportunities in the market because if I like the Bills, I don't feel exactly the value that I'm seeing here. I see the value on the Ravens for sure because they're a live dog. It's one of the things from a process standpoint. Boom. Can your underdog win straight up? 100% they can win straight up. Certainly in a COVID year where how much does home field actually matter? Not as much really right now. So I'm now starting to look at this game and we'll get to the Saints-Bucks game as a market I want to see where that market is more attractive to me than this pregame line is. It's perfect. I think that's, you can get some soft threes now, but it wouldn't shock me if this line's closer to a pick come kickoff. I really think some Ravens money is going to come in. And like you said, it's a market. You got to get the best of the number. So if you do like the bills, I'd wait a little bit. Cause like you said, you could get the money line for cheaper or maybe like a minus one. All right, let's move on. We've got the Chiefs laying 10, or there are some nine and a halfs out there taking on the Browns over under in this game, 56 and a half. And this is the only game of the week that I have a strong opinion on. And it's a very simple opinion. Give me the Chiefs. I was able to find it at nine and a half. It is one part of fade on the Browns. One part, um, Oftentimes as sports betters, when we look at a game, you're like, where can things get out of hand? Where's a team that I believe in? Where's a team that I don't believe in? Let's look at the quarterbacks. Let's look at the coaches. Let's look at this situation. Right now, the Browns, you would be buying them at an absolute peak. This is the best that the Browns, at least from a perception standpoint, has ever been. The, the Chiefs, on the other hand, I feel like they cruised through the regular season in a relatively unimpressive fashion. They're coming off a bye week, which we know Andy Reid is good coming off a bye. And I was never a believer in this Browns team in terms of um, their potential to win a game or stay in things. We've seen certainly several high scoring games that they've been in. Um, even that Steelers game, even though they were uh, ahead the entire time. It was a very high scoring game. We look at the Ravens game, very high scoring game. And here comes the chiefs, a team that can score an unlimited amount of points. 
And I just don't know if I'm ready to have my faith in Baker Mayfield at the quarterback. Congratulations to him for winning that first playoff game. It was a huge accomplishment for the Browns and the Browns fans and his maturation as a quarterback. But I'm still not willing to forget a lot of what I've seen throughout the year and the uncertainty of the Browns who heading into the last game of the season, we're still fighting for a playoff spot. So for me, while I know nine and a half points is a lot, the entertainment side of me says I'm betting on the chiefs. And if they lose, if they lose this bet, I'm completely cool with it because I want to root for the chiefs. And as you said, it's a, it's a sell high on the Browns, even though you're selling high and you're still getting nine and a half points or still nine and a half point dogs. But you think of the Browns, and you think they might be able to give the Chiefs problems, kind of the, the teams that did give the Chiefs problems, the Raiders. The Raiders were the only team to beat the Chiefs. And the, the second time, they almost beat them as well uh, when they had their starters playing. The Chiefs had the starters playing. And, you know, run the ball with Kareem Hunt, run the ball with Chubb, keep Mahomes and the offense off the field. You think that's like, oh, this, they kind of are like, the, they're a better Raiders team. This makes sense. But uh, you, you mentioned the keys that I, I really like is Andy Reid off a bye. Andy Reid off a bye. And this isn't really technically a bye. It's just extra time to prepare. He has a phenomenal record with extra time to prepare. And then this Chiefs team, too, they came out slow in the divisional round last year when they got behind to the uh, the Texans. I, so I don't think they're going to start slow. I have the Chiefs as my number one power-rated team. I and I love that nine-and-a-half number. you got to get below 10 for sure. I think it's going to be above 10 by kickoff. But I think the Chiefs are going to come out and steamroll. I really do. I, I, I don't see, especially if they get to a lead in the beginning, I don't see Baker Mayfield coming back from a – the Chiefs are made to play with a lead. I love it here. Lay it with the Chiefs. Lay the wood. Get below 10, hopefully. Get that 9.5 number. Maybe bet it now. Uh, 10's not terrible, but try to get 9.5. Yeah, and I'm with you, and you actually mentioned that the Browns are such a prolific running team that if they get down from a game flow standpoint, they have to continue to commit to the run, and that just becomes a challenge when you're in a track meet. And I think it's just it's just a difficult situation for the Browns um, as a whole. And I really think this is going to be a polarizing game for a lot of people because it's a very easy one for the casual better to be like, oh, of course, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Chiefs because quite frankly, that number could have been anything and we probably would have said, I want the Chiefs. No, I agree. It's going to be a popular side, but America loves the Browns too. You're going to see some Browns money, but I think the Chiefs are ready to finally show up as a team that they're ready for the playoffs. As you said, they kind of coasted during the regular season just getting Ws. I think they're coming focused and just pound this a less less talented Browns team. Can you believe those words just came out of your mouth? Um, America loves the Browns. It's it's uh like they're an underdog story, and for some you know people people like to bet on that and they see the big number. But uh, I like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs can win by twenty very easily. Of course, I'm team underdog story all the time, unless it happens <laughs> against your team. And in that case, you're like, you know what? Not really interested in this underdog and story. That win too. That would. I mean, they spotted them seven points. What was that? That snap over the head. Like then they couldn't even get on the ball to even the safety or just maybe punt from the one yard. Like they spotted them a seven zero lead. Fell behind twenty eight zero. That was just. That was though. That was a house of horrors for the Browns. That was taking out all those years. It was kind of a fluke game. It was just like an emotional game. I don't think you're going to see that in Arrowhead by any means. No. And let me tell you from the way the end of this season was for the Steelers and the discomfort and just the way that they lose to the Bengals and some of these things and they beat the Colts, but then all of this, it was just the most nauseating experience because like I couldn't not watch 
And do you go on Twitter and wallow in the filth with everybody other, every other Steelers fan that I follow and the beat writers? And it's like, it was unescapable in like, I haven't watched sports this week, albeit I did prepare for this. Thank goodness that from a sports betting process standpoint, I'm still on point where I can still see everything, but it is something that actually lives inside of you. That's an extremely uncomfortable thing. It's like, you can't believe what you're watching in the second that went over Ben Roethlisberger's head. You're just like, what am I witnessing? And you're like, in here's the thing. I can't be angry. And you know why that is? Because there's a formula for winning in football or sports. You don't turn the ball over. You don't commit penalties. You make more plays than the other team does. And the Steelers are like, you know what? We're just going to throw all that down the toilet. And I'm like, it's I'm not going to be angry if you're doing the stupid stuff. Like when people go bananas over this, that's on you because they did not play winning football. And that's where people get illogical about things. If you lose a turnover battle, five, nothing, that's an automatic L. Yeah. It's just, I think it's so uncharacteristic of the Steelers. I don't feel too bad for Steelers fans. Oh, you guys have all the Super Bowls. You've had a lot of success. So I don't, I, you know, I don't, I'm not really uh, the sob story, but it was unbelievable. Just watching that game the, uh, from the first snap. You just knew like, Something wasn't right. This was not going to go the Steelers' way, and that's what ended up happening. Yeah, 0% sympathy. If the tables are turned, we don't feel sympathetic for Patriots fans right now. So, yeah, zero sympathy. It's just, once again, living the real-time experience, which gets us to the last game. we got the Saints laying three at home, taking on the Bucks over-under in this game, 52. And this is the third meeting between these two teams. I believe the Saints have won both of these games. Uh, the Bucks are a team that are a shiny object heading into the season. Tom Brady goes there. Everyone's like, boom, let's put some money on Bucks futures because this is when they're supposed to be good there. But going into the season, I was someone who was not on the Bucks from a continuity standpoint. And I was actually on the Saints for that exact reason. Here's a team that from a continuity standpoint, same coach, same running back, same quarterback. They've been there before. The challenge I have with the Saints is their playoff history of disappointment is what we talked about last week, losing to Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. In comes Tom Brady. Uh, they didn't exactly look 100 against Washington, where Washington ended up covering in that game. And for me, this is a live betting opportunity market because when you're looking at a number three, well, one team goes up seven, nothing. You can now get the Saints at less than a field goal, or you can get the Bucks at more than a field goal. Now, opp now opportunity presents itself. For me, that's how I'm playing this game. I love live. This is the live betting opportunity of a, of a lifetime. You should say whoever scores first, maybe go there team Cause this is such a coin flip. Or if you bet it pre, you could maybe get the box plus three and a half, get the saints minus three, get the best of the number. If I had to choose, I probably would like the saints minus three. I do think it's very tough to beat a team three times in one season. It's almost impossible to do, but I do think the saints have a better defense. They both have great defenses. The saints are three in DVOA. The uh, bucks are five, I think. But I think the Saints offensive line's a little bit better. And I think that is a big edge in the trenches. And I, it's more of Drew Brees' year. I really do. I think this is one of Drew Brees' last goes at it. I think people understand that. It's tough to bet against Tom Brady. I know that. But I, I'd like the Saints at minus three. But as you said, if the Bucs get the ball first, go down and score, you get an even better number on the Saints. Or if the Saints get the ball and score, definitely get on the Bucs because this one's probably going to end up a three-point game. It's going to be very close. 
What do you take from the Saints 21 to nine victory over the Bears? Because it was pretty unimpressive. They were up seven, three at the half. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I actually looked at the live betting money line on the Bears. Not that I was going to do it because that was just throwing money away. But I wanted to see because that was a real thing. You're like, well, what is the formula once again? How do you win or how do you lose? If you allow the Bears to hang in there at 7-3, and as we saw, they were one deep trick shot pass, dropped pass away from having a completely different game there. So I didn't leave that game against the Bears overly impressed by the Saints. It's the Saints. If they're not a normal Saints team this year, they rely on defense. Their defense is, like I said, third and DBO. They have a phenomenal defense. Drew Brees just can't throw the ball downfield as much. He can't chuck it. A lot of short passes, dink and dunk. And then they have two great running backs in Kamara. But I, I still think Drew Brees at home. If this was outdoors, I might like Tom Brady a little bit more. But in 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 the dome, uh, I definitely I think this is Brees' last shot. And I think they'll keep it simple for him, where he's not going to have to go. Plus, Michael Thomas was getting back, too, for him. He was kind of getting on the same page again. But, yeah, that, it wasn't impressive at all. The Bears' defense, definitely, they were injured, but they, they played well. It's just that Saints' defense, I think the Saints' defense is a little bit better than the Bucks' defense. If they get some pressure on Brady, I think it's going to be trouble in a close game. Give me the Saints. Sean, really enjoyed jamming with you. Certainly they need to follow both of us coming up through the weekend because we will be jamming about all of these games on Twitter. Where can everybody connect with you? At the real Papa Bear, D A real P A P A Bear. Always, I put out free plays. I had one yesterday, and definitely will be putting out maybe even second half bets, live bets. Who knows? It's a big, big weekend of betting. So definitely give me a follow on social media, Twitter. And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL division playoff card? So many opportunities there. Do you have any thoughts on any of these games? We've got just four games, so you can very easily just hit both of us up and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking on this, because we can make cases on both sides for any of these. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy. Make sure you use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at Covers. And thank you very much to everyone who has jumped on iTunes, given us a rating and review. I really much appreciate that because I love hearing from others in our community. And when you go there and give us a shout out, we will give you a shout out on your show. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pumps. Pumping in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.